effortlessly. Six sports minds playing with powerful toys. He's got some tools. 105.5 and 97.5 FM. We are the Roar, where every day is game day. I didn't do that. That was John Hyde. 11.04 a.m. Just want to point that out. He's not going to say anything. He's not going to take it, take responsibility for that. Well, we, we play rejoin music when we come back from breaks. That's what we do. It's not the first time I've played a song coming back. I've no, done that multiple times today. It's the first time you've played a Taylor Swift song coming back. Today. <laughs> That's the first time I've done that. No. That's also factually correct. I, I just feel like you are trying to make a statement. That's all. I would never. You're trying to get under people's I, skin. No, no. No, we, we did that in hour two. No, there was a lot of that in hour number two. No, if you missed any of that, go to theroarfm.com and go check it out. Yeah, go check it out. 654 Roar, you want to get in. Uh, we're going to get Daniel Shirley. We'll have him on, I, th- I believe, here at some point in um, the near future. Stay tuned uh, for that. Nothing, I tell you, this has been the oddest, I mean, not the, maybe it's not odd, but it just strikes me as noteworthy that there's literally nothing noteworthy coming out of this Super Bowl right now. I just, there's no big news story. There's no, no kind of, you know, this guy's doing this or this guy, injury wise. I mean, the biggest, in, you know, injury thing is probably, is Canary's Tony going to suit up or not? I mean, he's not going to be a factor in this game, I don't think. He's not a <laughs> – somebody said on the text line, I think Darius Tony's going to be throwing a pass for sure in this game. <laughs> you might be right, and that will not be called or scripted. Uh, no, no, it be very much uh, off script. I could see something like that happening, but I don't know. It just feels really, really quiet, especially in Vegas of all places. It's been very quiet. Speaking of not quiet, Daniel Shirley joining us live here on the Press Box this morning. Hey, Daniel, how are you? I'm good. So I'm loud today. Now, I was old last week. Now I'm loud. I, I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to keep doing this if you're going to insult me every week. I come on. Oh, there's, there's no insulting. I, um, well, <laughs> I say that, but uh, we are going to talk about the Super Bowl and your team's in it. Uh, before we get there to that, uh, I did want to ask you what you made of Clemson's basketball win on Tuesday night over North Carolina. Not something you've seen a lot in your lifetime, Daniel. Uh, just, just a couple yeah. of times here that Clemson's gone into the Dean Dome and done that. What did that say to you about, to me, it's had a lot about the players on the court and just what they, the effort they gave. Because North Carolina didn't just give the game away. They certainly were not, you know, maybe as focused as they needed to be. But, but Clemson's effort was really good in that game. What did you make of it? couple things. I thought that's the Clemson team we saw at Alabama. That's the Clemson team we saw earlier in the season where they jumped on people, right? And they jumped on North Carolina. And you can say North Carolina was sleepwalking or whatever. Well, then that's their fault. But Clemson jumped on them and took advantage of it. I also loved every time North Carolina made a run, Clemson responded. And, you know, in the first half, 
North Carolina would cut it, and then Clemson would spread the lead back out. Then, uh, look, I, I thought it was huge, Brad. It's, North Carolina finally comes back and ties the game at 70, and Clemson responds and scores, what, the next seven, eight points in the game to, to, to retake control of the game. So I, I thought it was as big a win in the regular season as Clemson has had in a long, long time. I, I think this is a much bigger win than the first time they won at North Carolina just for this team because of what it means for this team. Yeah, the, the other one was historic, but this team needed a win. The way the season had gone and the way they've struggled recently and losing a lot of close games the last few weeks, they needed uh, a big-time win. And, you know, I said last week on your show, I think I needed to see that grit that they talk about. And we saw the grit. Uh, the other night, Tuesday night. So I, I just really impressed by what I saw. If they play like that the rest of the season, in the regular season, they won't lose. Uh, and then they could do some damage in the in the in the tournaments and and whatever happens in the postseason. But we've got to see that kind of effort uh, again. So you know, the rest of the season, this looks like the team that started out the season what nine and one, ten and one. Uh, as opposed to that team that had kind of struggled through January and the first, you know, the first few days of February. What do you make of the ACC? There's just been a lot of talk about this league uh, getting two, maybe three, maybe four bids. I mean, nobody's even going over the four number right now, right? Uh, and and it's just it feels so odd to be saying that in February. But we are turning our attention much more to bracketology and how this is going to play out. Do you buy the narrative? that's out there this league uh, only deserves you know as, as few as two and maybe as many as four no i don't I, look i think virginia will get in I, virginia is dangerous watch virginia play and the, obviously the way they play defense and now they have a little bit of offense and when virginia has a little bit of offense they're dangerous and they've got a couple of shooters who are, are really dangerous so I think Clemson, look, again, I think Clemson will win enough to get in if they continue to play like they did Tuesday. I think Virginia will get in. Obviously, North Carolina and Duke will get in. I also think a team like Wake or an NC State or somebody like that is going to do enough for the next three weeks to squeak in. So, uh, you know, I'm, think, I'm looking at, you know, three, four, five teams from the conference to get in, Brad. I, I don't think it's nearly – as bad compared to the other conferences as a lot of people are making it out to be. Now, I will say I think it's as bad as the conference has ever been in my lifetime. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I, I, you know, when I was growing up, you know, in the ACC, you had to play Duke twice. You had to play North Carolina twice. And Maryland was really good. And Wake was good. And Tech was starting to be really good, you know. And so you didn't get to play these bottom feeder teams like that there are in the conference right now. So I I think both can be true. The conference is historically bad compared to itself, but I don't think it's as bad this year as a lot of people are trying to make it out to be compared to these other conferences. Turning. Yeah. We're starting to look a lot more at these, these bracketologists and some of these projections and whatnot. So we'll, yeah. Continue to probably ask you questions on that as we go throughout the, the rest of this this month. Uh, let's move over to the Super Bowl, Daniel. A lot going on. Uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, site of this year's 
big game. Your team is in it, and uh, I'm just curious: Are you confident? Are you worried? Like, what's what's the vibe right now for the in, for this game with you? Well, I think anxious is the right word. I'm I'm sick of it. Uh, I'm ready for the game to get here. <laughs> I wish the game was. I really do wish they played these games on Saturday, the the Super Bowl. If you're going to have two weeks in between the, the championship games and the Super Bowl, play the Super Bowl on Saturday, then give people Sunday to recover, and then let people go back to work on Monday. I know that's a, a different topic from what we're talking about. But, I know, look, I, I'm anxious. I'm nervous. I, I'm confident. Um, but then also, Brad, I know who's on that other sideline, right? I know that quarterback is, is not going to lose a game. I know that head coach – has a championship culture uh, in Andy Reid and what he has built with the Chiefs, and obviously Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. But those that team, you have to take them out. You can't let them hang around. You can't give them second chances. You've got to get off the field on third down when you have a chance. And that's how they beat the Bills. That's how they beat the Ravens. Is they took advantage of multiple opportunities, and you can't give them those multiple opportunities so the 49ers are going to have to they're going to have to play well early they can't play the way they did against the Packers and the Lions in the first half and think they're going to come back uh like they did in those games because the Chiefs aren't going to beat themselves and then Brad I think the entire key to the game is the 49ers defensive front they 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 got they've got big contracts up front they've got big names up front they haven't really lived up to that this year as far as rushing the quarterback and stopping the run. But if they play well, I think the 49ers have a real shot to win this game. What about Brock Purdy? Because, you know, a lot of times he would say, just take the better quarterback. <laughs> well, I mean, Patrick Mahomes measured up against anybody. <clears throat> You're going to take Patrick Mahomes if you subscribe to that theory. But do you see an avenue away that Brock Purdy, I don't, I don't want to say he plays better than Pat Mahomes, but he... he puts his team in a better position to win. Is, is, can Purdy yeah. do that? Is that going to be something that concerns you or you have belief in? Well, I typically would lean on the better quarterback to win. I mean, I, I think I've said that to you guys before when we've talked about the college football playoff games or whatever. I, I typically will lean on the better quarterback. I think the 49ers have the better team. You know, 1-53, to 53, I think the 49ers have a better roster. I think they have... You know, they have better weapons around the quarterback than than the Chiefs do. So I do think that Brock Purdy can help this team win the game. I really believe the 49ers need to focus on Christian McCaffrey and, and Debo Samuel. I, I think that should be the focal point of the offense uh, if they're going to win the game. And then everything else spins off of that, right? Um, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, <clears throat> Kyle Juszczyk, whatever else you want to do offensively, uh, you, but you've got to get McCaffrey running the ball downhill, and you've got to get Debo Samuel involved, and then again, get those other guys involved as well. But no, I, look, I believe in Brock Purdy. I, I think the the game manager talk is garbage. I think if you watch them play, and I mean, we talk about stats all the time. He leads the league in throwing the ball down the field. He, you know, he's he's in among the leaders in in completions down the field, throwing the ball down the field, touchdowns, passing yards, all the things that we judge quarterbacks by, 
But for some reason, we have this thought in our head about him because he's Mr. Irrelevant. And, it, 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 you know, Brad, I know how we love narratives in football, and we get stuck on them no matter what the evidence is that says the narratives aren't true. And that's kind of what we're seeing with him. It's a lot like what we saw with Stetson Bennett at Georgia when people said he was checked down Charlie, and he wasn't. That's exactly the opposite of what he was. So I, I, I think people have a narrative in, in their head about Brock Purdy that's just not true. He's a really good player, and yes, he's got a really good system, and he's got really good players around him, and he's got really good coaches. But so does every good quarterback who's ever played in the NFL. Fair enough there. Uh, so are you picking your team to win the Super Bowl, or are you going to go a different direction? No, I think they will win. I, I Look, I think, again, it's going to be close, and it's going to uh, – I think that it, it is absolutely you're going to have to take out the Chiefs. The Chiefs are not going to beat themselves, but I do think the 49ers will find a way to win, um, you know, coming up on Sunday. They, they found a way to win these last two weeks, uh, and I think that will build up some – you know, build their medal a little bit for this game coming up. And – you know, I, I just think they have the better team, and at some point the better team, that has to, that has to matter uh, in these kind of games. Yeah. Uh, I tell you, I've, I've gone back and forth. I was, for the very long, for really since the, the matchup came out, I was leaning to the Chiefs. I'm now leaning toward the 49ers, and I think ultimately before it's all said and done, I'll settle in on San Francisco. I just, I, I think the, the betting line intrigues me in that, it screams take San Francisco in this uh, for for various reasons, and I just I don't know. I I kind of want to be contrarian too because I think a lot of people are going to end up picking <laughs> picking the the Chiefs. I I just don't have a dog in the fight. Like I just don't I don't I don't know. I've I've never pulled for the I haven't pulled for the Niners in years and years and years, and I don't have anything against them. I was talking about that earlier. I don't know why. I don't have any pettiness or there wasn't a moment that they broke me. I just I just don't pull for the Forty ers but I don't know that I that I think that that means they're going to lose the game. You know, I think I think there's a lot. Yep. We were talking about it earlier. If you were to rank, if you were to say who are the top ten players in this game, I, I think there'd be six 49ers and four Chiefs. Now, how you rank them and their importance may may drastically be different. But I just think San Francisco has more talent than Kansas City does. Well, and it's yeah, and look, Patrick Mahomes would be number one, sure, right? But then, yeah, then there's. Then there's four or five 49ers after that, right? And you're, you're right. I, I think, look, the Chiefs' defense is really good, but they're really young. So people aren't going to talk about them the way they do the 49ers' defense. But the Chiefs' defense has been better than the 49ers' defense all season. They, I mean, you, it doesn't even compare. But I do think the 49ers have enough talent offensively to do enough offensively. And, and that's why I, I do think – that it all comes down to the 49ers defensive front. If they live up to their contracts and live up to, you know, the Brad, I don't know how many times you have watched the 49ers play. I've watched every game this year. They'll say this is one of the best defensive fronts in the NFL. And I just shake my head because it should be. It has the potential to be, but it hasn't lived up to that. Especially if they live up to that. Yeah. If they live up to that, the 49ers win the game on Sunday. I tend to agree. Daniel, what's going on over at The Athletic this week? Yeah, we've got tons of stuff uh, on the college football page. I mean, if you go to our site, again, we have subscription deals all the time. We have our newsletter uh, that's free that comes in your email 
uh, two days a week right now, but during the season it's five days a week. Um, you know, we've got lots of coaching grades, hiring grades. I know Stuart Mandel is going to be doing that probably early next week. Uh, we'll also be getting ready for the NCAA tournament. That you know, as, as you know, we've now taken over the college basketball coverage as well. So we had our softball top 25, and Clemson is in there. So check that out. Uh, we're doing all the sports that you know, not just football anymore. So tons of stuff. It just never ends for us over at the athletic. Yeah, I, I like that newsletter. I must say, I, I check that out quite frequently, almost every morning. There's usually some some you know catching story uh, that this certainly gets my attention. So I uh, I would definitely recommend folks getting uh, that athletic uh, newsletter in their email. Daniel, thank you as always, my friend. Look forward to catching up with you next week. Good luck to your 49ers. Enjoy the Super Bowl, the last football game until August. It's sad to say, but that's where we are. And uh, you know, I hope I hope it works out for you. I hope you enjoy the game. Appreciate that, Brad. Have a great, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Take care, Daniel Shirley of theAthletic.com. Winter return. Phone lines are open. We'll wrap up our props over here. We'll do a little bit more Super Bowl. We'll talk some college football, some college basketball after this. Shop where the pros shop. Landscaper Supply. Offering hardscapes to landscaping. Power equipment to hardware. Landscaper Supply wants you to have free gas for an entire year. Purchase a gas grill from any Landscaper Supply location and they'll keep your propane tank filled for the entire year. That's a great deal for all you backyard chefs. And while you're at it, scoop there it is with their mulch made easy delivered right to your home. Seven upstate locations, a better experience for homeowners and pros alike. Landscaper Supply. For over 36 years, Little John Portable Toilets has proudly served the upstate. From construction to special events, Little John Portable Toilets has you covered with worry-free toilet service, delivered, cleaned, and sanitized, serving the upstate and further when possible. Portable toilets, handicap, hand wash stations, holding tanks, executive restroom trailers. And if you have a question, we have a live person to talk with. Little John, family-owned and operated, 800-499-5667 and at littlejohntoilets.com. I'm Lance Crick. After 20 plus years as a federal prosecutor with the U.S. Attorney's Office in South Carolina and several years as a state prosecutor, I joined Ryan Beasley Law last year to practice law with Ryan and Mary Hunter. Our team works in courtrooms across the state, including city and magistrate courts, as well as state and federal courts. We work with clients in all areas of state and federal criminal defense to include pre-arrest investigations, white-collar defense, as well as student conduct issues at colleges and universities. Our responsive and proactive approach in cases is at all times client-centric and resolution-focused. We look forward to the opportunity to work with you. Please give us a call at 864-679-7777 or find us online at ryanbeasleylaw.com. In every case, for every client, in courtrooms across the state, Ryan Beasley Law, ryanbeasleylaw.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Don Munson. Up next is your daily update on what's happening with Clemson Athletics. But first, this from Founders Federal Credit Union. Attention all basketball fans. Are you ready to experience MVP treatment in banking? Look no further than Founders Federal Credit Union, where personalized service is the winning play. Don't settle for being just another number. Join Founders and receive the personalized attention you deserve, along with great rates, loans for any reason, and a dynamic online experience. Visit one of their 41 convenient office locations or visit foundersfcu.com to see if you qualify for membership. Relax. Go Tigers. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership qualification required. Terms and conditions apply. 
Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. Clemson softball starts today, and it's going to be starting in Clearwater, Florida, where John Rittman has taken his ball club, and they will start the season in the leadoff classic. They'll start the season tonight at 7 o'clock against Missouri State. Friday, they'll take on Indiana also at 7 o'clock. Saturday, they will play two, a noon game against Liberty and then a 7 p.m. game against 15th-ranked Oregon. That ball game will be on the Major League Baseball Network. They'll wrap up the tournament on Sunday at 10 a.m. in the morning as they'll take on Missouri. Now, Clemson softball will go into this tournament ranked as high as number five in the country. Also, they are ranked seven in another poll, so a top ten consensus team for uh, Clemson softball going into the year. Don't forget that women's basketball is also in action tonight as they are on the road. They are in Miami as Amanda Butler's ball club has won three games in a row and will be taking on a tough Miami club. That will be at 7 o'clock this evening. Men's basketball, of course, will be on the road this weekend. They'll be at Syracuse Saturday for a 12 noon tip-off against the Orange. As always, go Tigers! Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Commercials, snacks, prop bets, Taylor Swift, and everything else that goes into this year's Super Bowl. Whether you're a diehard football fan or just here for the epic commercials, the big game is the event to watch. Game Day Essentials. Friends, snacks, and good vibes. We've got you covered up to the big game. We are the Roar. That our Super Bowl 58 prop sheet over here contains no Taylor Swift props, John. None. I did see an entire prop sheet of nothing but Taylor Swift, but I thought there's no way in the world I can get through a whole segment of that. So I chose not to bring Thank it you. Up. Thank you for doing that. There's just no way. <laughs> but I'm also not surprised that people have taken the time to create an entire Taylor Swift prop sheet for the Super Bowl. I also do not want to reveal maybe how out of touch we are with, <laughs> with, yeah, with one right. of the most popular entertainers on the entire planet. The amount of uh, Googling and research I'm having to do to just select Taylor Swift songs is a little surprising. But that's why when you're, your, sis, your sister's a Swifty, you can just outsource it and reach out to her. Well, that's family... Helps you out when you need them. Absolutely. That's what they're there for. Uh, meanwhile, I was over here looking up Reba McIntyre's Super or uh, National Anthem history. Like I needed needed an edge there. I got to find an edge. Got to find the edge. Got to find it somewhere. Uh, let's let's wrap this up here. Uh, who will have more passing yards in this game, John, on our prop sheet here? Pat Mahomes, Brock Purdy, or other? I'm gonna I say feel like this other. is a setup. I think this is a setup question. Oh, really? I think the answer should be Mahomes, right? But with the way things have gone in these playoffs, I'd kind of lean Brock Purdy. Because they've had to come back more, so they've had to throw more. Mahomes has been in control in every game and been able to maybe not you know, hit passing numbers as much. I, I, I'm tracking with you there. Are you going Purdy? I, I am going to go with Brock Purdy there because I also think that's – I think the way the Chiefs are stopping the run too, I think that's how the 49ers are going to win the game. They've got to be able to pass the ball. 
I move it through the air. I think you're right, but I'm going Pat Mahomes. <laughs> Spite pick. No, I'm just if, if you're not going to take Pat Mahomes, I will uh, for passing yards. I don't know. I, your your logic is very sound, and I just Pat Mahomes has played a very controlled manner. He's not trying to throw the ball again. I said this earth. They don't throw the ball down the field like they used to. This isn't a stretch you out and hit you deep over and over again, trying to create explosive. It's more of a take what's there, get the ball to Kelsey, get the ball to Rice, let them make something happen. That's how they've moved the ball in creating the secondary plays as well. Uh, but I still think I still think I'm going to bat Mahomes on that one. Uh, who will have more rushing yards, McCaffrey or Pacheco? I'm going to go with Pacheco here. I am too, although I, I still think McCaffrey could have a good game. Pretty decent game. I think both have a big game. Yeah, that's the problem. They both could have good games here. It's just who's going to have the most. By picking one, you're not saying the other has a bad game. Yes. I know And so many times in sports when you want to back something, you're automatically fading the other thing, but not here. All right. I'm I'm with you on that one. Uh, could you see an issue? Could you see one of them getting stymied? Just not getting anything going in the run game? Yeah, I, I would lean that to be San Francisco. Oh, man. You say because that because of the I, way the Chiefs have have defended the run this postseason. But Christian McCaffrey's the best running back in the NFL. I'm not going to argue that, <laughs> but I, it's not just about the back. I think Chris Jones is going to eat the lunch of those guards on that San Francisco offensive line. I think this is the worst offensive line San Francisco's had in the last couple of years. All right, how about this? Pacheco has the most rushing yards. McCaffrey has the most total yards. I buy that. Involved in the past. Yeah, I don't think they're not going to throw it to Pacheco a ton. No. Bailout stuff. Yeah. No, I, I think that that's totally fair. McCaffrey will be involved in the passing game in a lot of elements. If he's not, it's not going to bode well for the 49ers. Again, I, I to me, the key of the game is, one, not being predictable on first down. That's that's massive. Don't, don't let Spag sit back there and figure you out every time on first down. But avoiding third and sevens, third and eights, and forcing brought Purdy to be your guy that has to lead you to victory man that, he's not going to in that situation it's not just him I just don't think their offensive line will hold up against that Chiefs front if he's facing third and eight over and over again three four drives in a row and first down you've got to be unpredictable a little bit so you, you're going to get McCaffrey involved in some different ways because you're going to get him the ball regardless whether it's straight handoff which they see coming or a screen or something running out you know some run down to the flat or maybe some angle, whatever you got to do to get him the ball, both behind and in front of the line of scrimmage. Who will have the most receiving yards in this game? Oh, Travis boy. Kelsey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Rasheed Rice, or other? Man, I don't know. Declan's back there saying uh, number two, Debo. All right, we'll go with Debo. You're going Debo. <laughs> you influenced him. Good job. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Ayuk because he's the one guy I know can hit the big explosive down the field. Debo can create explosives after he gets the ball, so that that's a good pick too. I'm to me, it's between those two because I want the most explosive player in this prop. By far. Well, it also, the way we have laid out how we think this game is going to go, it's not going to be either of the Chiefs' options from in terms of total yardage. Right. When, when does it feel like Rice created an explosive? It feels like he's just, 
he's just a, an underneath short pass guy. You know, they're not moving him down. You know, as a Texas MVS, that would be your other if you want to take that. Valdez Scantling is the only deep threat that they really have. And he's fast. He is fast as lightning. And he's going to keep the 49ers having to keep a safety back because of his speed. But I still think Ayuk is the guy that I feel like they will they will shove the ball down the field to Ayuk more. You, you buy that? Yeah, no, I totally buy that. That, but I, that tracks. But I can see Debo catching a seven-yard pass and turn it into a 60-yard gain. He's just that good. What color will the liquid poured on the winning head coach be? Finally, we're getting to the stuff that matters. Lime green, yellow, clear slash water. That's that's a throwaway. No, that's not that one. Uh, red slash pink, blue, orange, or purple. So are we going with the lime green, yellow combination, clear, red or pink, blue, orange, or purple? Uh, the first one, lime green, yellow. There's three options in one. I got to take that one. There's science behind this one too. I've I've researched it before. I, just I am not surprised it. that you have. <laughs> uh, there is there is uh, the the Gatorade bath is one that um, I I'm gonna go red because what color are the two teams? Ah, who likes red Gatorade? Unagi. Mm, I don't like red Gatorade. No, I can't pick that one. I can't stand lime green yellow Gatorade. I don't know why anybody drinks that stuff. Uh, I'll I'll go red pink on this one. So we're opposite. Will either team score during the last two minutes of the fourth quarter? We did this against the second or the first half. Uh, second half, will there be a score in the last two minutes? I'm going no. I'm going yes. All right, good. Because I want I want the game to come down to a score in the last two minutes. That's you from wanting. an entertainment. Yeah, I'm wishing this into existence. Absolutely. I say somebody runs out the clock in the final two minutes, holds on to the ball, or do they go Clemson and Santa Clara and sit on it for nine and a half minutes to end the game? <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> that would be fitting. Who will win the game? <laughs> this is a tough one. It's not for me. I've had my pick made for a while here. I know. You have to make a pick. And that's what this whole show has been about is to get you to zero in on a prediction here. Right? The whole upstate and everyone listening online knows no, I'm not. taking the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, yeah. They do know that. We want to know who you're backing here. It's Thursday. I can change this. But I'm going 49ers. One, it's a spite pick. It's despite me. You know what? Going opposite you has worked out for me. It's fared well, very in, well for you in various the situations. <laughs> there is a clear evidence. There's clear evidence to support my case of just fading you in a big game. Oh yeah. But I, I just my head tells me the Chiefs. It, it does. I, like again, I've gone through some matchups. We've talked about them on the show. I really feel like the Chiefs match up well in against the run. With their run game, like I feel like they're going to attack San Francisco at the line of scrimmage. But my gut says that San Francisco is not the team that struggled against the Packers, not to give all those rushing yards. It's not the team that had to come back from a 17 point deficit, that they're going to play their best game, or the, I mean, not their best, but their better game of the playoffs right here in this one. I, I just, I think they're better than what they did in those two games. And so I just I feel like it that's going to not that's not the norm. 
again, if, if you're taking the 49ers, you're taking the regular season 49ers, the one that how they looked in the regular season. Because if you're back at the postseason Niners, you're, I, I question a lot of the things. The same thing goes for the Chiefs. If you take the regular season Chiefs, then you're, you're ludicrous. You've lost your mind. You can't do that. It's ludicrous. Who Maybe he'll beat the Super Bowl. You can't. You cannot take the regular season Chiefs, but you can back the playoffs Chiefs. They've looked extremely good. They have protected the ball. They have not made costly penalties. They've not done dumb stuff. And they've allowed Pat Mahomes to control the game. They've controlled the game. It's much more than two people. But two people have helped control the game in a big way. Pat Mahomes and Chris Jones. On opposite sides of the ball for the Chiefs. And so you're you're banking on that. I don't know. Is dominance the word? Because I don't know if they were dominant against Baltimore. But they figured Baltimore out. They solved them. You know, at least defensively they did. Offensively, no. They had two good drives. And then the one huge long pass to, to MVS. But it might, my gut tells me the 49ers, with, with that extra week off, I, I think they, they're going to play the the kind of 49er ball that they were playing when they looked like the best team in the NFC. Oh, Lake Murray Michael makes a really good point. Unfortunately for the 49ers, we're not in the regular season anymore. I, I, I know, but I don't... like. How many games are they going to play that way? To me, logic just tells me they're not going to play the exact same game that they played against the Detroit Lions. Yeah, because you won't be able to you won't be able to mount that comeback against the Chiefs. No, they know that. I think they have to play a different style. I am concerned the second they fall behind in this game that they think, "Oh, it's okay. We've done this before. It'd be no problem." And then Purdy goes and makes some stupid, ridiculous throw or gets fooled and sees a ghost and throws it and it gets picked off and then all of a sudden they're they're out of it. But I'm I'm, I'm for now back in the Niners. I, I I can change my pick between now and tomorrow eleven fifty nine. No? You shaking your head? No, you can do whatever you want to do. It's you your won't pick. be here. Who what do you care? All right. Also uh, true. Will the combined total points for the game be over or under forty seven and a half? Under. I don't I normally I feel like life is too short to ever bet the under because why am I going to cheer for not for no scoring? You're not an under guy. But I feel like the under is a very safe play in a Super Bowl. I'm with you on the under. We're, we're both on the same side there. I, what I am worried about is the third quarter because you've had that extra long timeout. Does that benefit a side? I, th- I think it benefits the offenses. More time to dissect what you didn't do and take a look at the defense and go over it and, and figure. You know, I think I think that aids the offense. So I the third quarter is what worries me. That, that, I think that'll be the highest scoring quarter of the game because there's a sense of urgency coming out of the locker room. It's how NFL teams and games flow and how they're built. Right. Yeah. There'll be a real sense. I mean, look at what the 49ers in the third quarter last game out against Detroit to erase. They scored 17 points didn't they, in the third quarter alone. I believe so. Yeah. Erased it. So I, I I think you're going to see a um, very high scoring third quarter, which scares me for the over. But I'm I'm still going to back the under in this because I the Chiefs do not want to play a high scoring game. No, which is shocking, but they don't. Not this version of the Kansas City Chiefs. They want to control the game, and that means they're okay punting, relying on their defense, 
running the ball. This is not Ariel Mahomes. This isn't just throw it all over the yard and you know see what happens and run up as many points as you can. They they do not want to be in a shootout whatsoever. I don't think San Francisco wants to play a shootout. Both teams just want to control the game. They want to play the games within the game. That leads to an under, in my opinion. They're not going to get erratic and wild with it. MVP, last thing, John. We'll wrap this up here. Who you got? Mahomes, Purdy, or any other player? I'm going to take any other player. That's probably safe. To me, I think it's simple. If, if you think the Chiefs are going to win, I, I, I think you should take Mahomes. If the Chiefs win, he's going to be MVP, in my opinion. I don't know, because I could also see a situation if, let's say, Travis Kelsey recreates the stat line from last week. You know, if he's 10 catches on 11 targets over 100 yards and has a very pivotal touchdown in there. Yeah. We've seen receiving options be Super Bowl MVP before. Kelsey walk-off MVP? Ooh. Walks off into the arms of Taylor Swift? Well, he's going to do that regardless, but is it walking off forever or just walking off till next year? That's what I mean. Uh, Since you left Mahomes open, I'll, I'll take Mahomes, even though I think the Chiefs... Are gonna lose six five four. Roar, you want to get in the final segment for this? Clemson Nation. This is former national champion Ben Boyer. If you live in Anderson, Greenville, Clemson, or Malden, South Carolina, and you're looking for the best birthday suit in town, come get tailored at www.thejunkyardfitness.com. Come by and see us at our four locations in the Upstate of South Carolina. Your first week is always free. Have you ever heard the phrase, the calm before the storm? Well, that mold in your bathroom or ceiling water stains might be your warning sign of roof damage that could cause bigger, very costly issues in the future. Give yourself peace of mind, knowing your roof's integrity is solid through every season of the year. Don't ignore it any longer. Fix it with one simple call today to Adams & Co. Roofing Specialists, 260-0080. That's Adams & Co. Roofing Specialists, 260-0080. I'm Richard Thompson of Thompson & King Law Firm, and I believe that every person has a God-given desire to work. That's why I take Social Security and workers' compensation cases very seriously, because most folks don't really want to think they're disabled. They hesitate to file for disability, and when they're turned down, they hesitate to appeal their case. But they are disabled. If you're presently unable to work on a daily basis, even if you don't fully understand the cause, come see me. I'll take your case seriously. I know you do. But Thompson King Law Firm, 222-0200. Calling all coffee lovers. The Dream Center is excited to announce that they have officially launched a coffee brand they are currently offering. Three different flavors, Colombian, Donut Shop, and French Vanilla. The Dream Center receives $5 from each bag of coffee sold, and trust me, they're all delicious and a great way to start your morning. Purchase yours today and help make a difference. Buy online at dreamcenterpc.org or in person at their easily resale store on Calhoun Memorial Highway. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's corporate cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically. 
which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash sports. Ramp.com slash sports. R-A-M-P dot com slash sports. Carolina Top Dressing is your go-to solution for maintaining a healthy and vibrant lawn. With our specialized soil conditioning program, we ensure your grass stays nutritious and healthy. Right now, take advantage of our limited time offer and receive a free lawn aeration when you sign up for our program. Trust us to help your lawn thrive all season long. Visit us now at carolinatopdressing.com for your free quote. And as always, go Tigers! eBay Motors is here for the ride. 120,000 miles of night drives, daily commutes, and who knows how many. Are we there yet? Through countless fixes, elbow grease, and a new radiator, you kept your ride alive. With eBay Motors, you have over 122 million parts to keep it running. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, they'll be the perfect fit every time. Plus, at these prices, well, we're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Roar, knocking down topics like bowling pins. Straight down the middle. No hook, no spin, no fuss. Anything more, and this becomes figure skater. We are The Roar. The final segment on a Thursday coming up tomorrow. I told you we some Clemson stuff, some baseball, some basketball. Talk about those seasons and what's ahead for both teams. One plays on Saturday at noon at Syracuse, the men's basketball team. We're going to capitalize off the big win in North Carolina on Tuesday with another one against the Orange on the road. We'll get to that and we'll start talking some Clemson baseball because they are a week away from tomorrow from the first game. So looking forward to all that. You know, you mentioned baseball, and makes me think of the springtime, right? And as the weather warms up, and it's a sunny day out there right now in the upstate, Brad, be a great time to be hopping on a brand new motorcycle from Boneyard Cycles. Whether you want yeah. a new a new Harley, a custom bike, a metric cruiser, or something off road, it's the time of year you need to get in, get your get your motorcycle ready for the spring and the summer months ahead. Go by and see Paul and his team; they'll answer any questions you have about parts, service, buying, or trading. They have the largest selection of new and used parts in the upstate, and they specialize in service and repairs. Whether it's your first motorcycle experience or your 10th, whether you're a daily driver or weekend cruiser, visit them online at BoneyardCyclesOnline.net or shop Boneyard Cycles in person at 507 Pyramidary Road in Anderson. John, a former Clemson golfer is both kicking himself and laughing at himself at the same time right now. Have you seen the story that came out this morning? No, I have not. Lucas Glover got a text message this morning while he was at the hotel before the uh, opening round of the Waste Management Open out there in Phoenix, got underway at Phoenix Open, and he got a text message saying, where are you? You tee off in one minute. Oh. He misread the tee times. He was still sitting at the hotel. So Lucas Glover is a WD withdrawal from the Phoenix Open. He will not be competing this weekend. 
I hate that. Man. He said, he told uh, Golf Central, um, Golf Channel there, he said, quote, I just misread my text messages. I'm kicking myself, but I'm laughing myself at the same time, end quote. I, I don't think I would be laughing at myself. I think I'd be really mad. You or I, you know, sleep in, like, warm up, go off or whatever. You know, whatever, it's fine. He's Man. playing for millions of dollars here. <laughs> I don't know about I mean, fine. I I think that that's a uh, I don't know if that's the accurate term here. I mean, we we wouldn't like we're still going to get paid, is what I'm saying. I'm not saying Lucas yeah. is hurting for the cash, but he's playing for a more substantial amount of money than you're going to make today. Well, yeah, but now I'm going to make more than him today. <laughs> wow, you're making the one more... day. The one day. Ah, do you want to know what he what he potentially gave up here? No, that actually would make me feel very sad for him. I don't know. Uh, at least one and a half million. Yeah. Or lost the chance to earn one and a half yes. million. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean like that. I was like, the purse this year is $8.8 million with the winner getting $1.58. Okay. So but the uh, the uh, opportunity to make a million and a half dollars. Wow. Gone because he misread his text messages. Brad, I have two college football things that I want to throw at you You here. misread your text message. You're getting yelled at by the wife. True. He misses, and he's missing out a chance to make a million and a half. And definitely getting yelled at by his wife because he missed a chance at a million and a half. Um, It came out this morning. Gary Patterson is back in college football, Brad. He is now going to be assuming the role that he had at Texas in 2022 with Baylor. What? Gary Patterson, the longtime TCU head coach, the man who there's a statue of outside of TCU Stadium, is now going to be working for arch rival Baylor at the same time that Art Briles' son is working for TCU. Hmm. Make it make sense. It's very odd. We've, we've, we've officially broken college football. Yeah, it, it feels like. Gary it. Patterson and a Baylor, that is going to be the weirdest looking thing. Is there a is our team at is is he on like a Texas tour? Is this like a country music thing that he's doing? Yeah, I here? think he'll be in Lubbock next year, and then you know maybe we'll swing through Rice a little bit of time after that. College Station going to welcome him at some point? Uh I don't know. He, does, he isn't coaching the SEC. Man, that is um, that's just wild to see that a Bryles is working for TCU and Gary Patterson is working for Baylor. Yeah. That is wild. The other college football thing I wanted to throw at you, Brad, it was announced yesterday that Nick Saban, I don't know if you've heard of him, has been hired by the four-letter network to be a media analyst. We're college game day and SEC media days and the NFL draft and things like that. What do you make of that? I'm not going to lie, I'm intrigued. And you know I'm not a college game day watcher. I'm not a big pregame person. I don't normally partake in those shows, but be crazy not to watch Saban just to, I, his inside just to hear what he says maybe he just you know hymns and halls and plays you know just does the same rhetoric as a lot of you know people who do that and just sort of kind of fits in with the with the group or maybe he just really stands out and gives you some like legit football insight that you're not going to find anywhere else that's what I'm hoping for does this you know we've talked a lot about with the all the changes in college football. And everyone has said since he's retired, I mean, Brad, I think we've probably gotten close to 100 texts on this matter. 
that Nick Saban should be the czar of college football, that he should be put in charge of the breakaway and what the new look thing will eventually be. Yeah. Do you think this impacts no. that? No, I, I don't think he's ever going to take that role or be a part of that role. But more Nick Saban, yes, I'm for that. Like, again, I, I said when he retired, I didn't want him to walk away and not be utilized in the sport in some manner. You know, I didn't want him just to disappear. We never hear from him again. I wanted Nick Saban to be involved in something where he can provide some sort of insight, and he's going to do that. I want to see Nick Saban in December on television clowning a coach for having to go on a halftime show of a conference championship game to politic their way into the playoff. He won't do that. A texture does ask, is Saban going to give his actual opinions on other coaches? Ooh. I would love that. Does he play the... Is he even put in that situation? That'll be predetermined, by the way. You got to wonder if he's just going to come on there to analyze a team and talk to you, maybe do some X's and O's conversation. Or Yeah, I don't think we're ever going to get Nick Saban on a stage with a microphone saying, tell us what you think of Hugh Freeze. Yeah, can, can you... What kind of person is Lane Kiffin? Like, that's probably not going to happen. But I will... You know how they've been... I think you don't watch the show a lot, but I think what has been cool, one of the things that Game Day has done recently has been able to interview coaches as they are on field in warm-ups before the noon game, right? Before the first game of the day. I'll be very fascinated to see when Ole Miss is playing in that game with Nick Saban interviewing Lane Kiffin before kickoff, I think could make for some really good television. Yeah. If I were to give you carte blanche on picking someone in the college football world to get insight from on TV, would Nick Saban be on the short list? Yes. Yeah, Probably be at the top of the list. Really? Honestly, yeah. I don't know if anybody... <laughs> I, the thing is, he knows everyone... Everyone. You think, you think... I mean, I know people probably think Nick Saban just sits there and eats his Debbie cakes and looks down on the world... I don't. I don't think that's how it is. I think he was a good networker. I think he he always had his pulse on jobs. You know, other coaches and whether they were they were good or what. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. he's extremely knowledgeable, and there's a reason why he created the rehab school because coaches wanted to go back and I think absorb Saban as well as pick up tips from from him, and then he get he wanted to get stuff from them too. So his mind, his football mind is just, it's a computer filled with data. And we get to get a little bit of that. Hopefully, hopefully. We'll, I, we'll I see. hope so. We'll see what the formats are behind all this. I think he's going to be, I think he'll be good on TV. I will tune in to see. I, I, I can assure you that. I wasn't, you know, anticipating me watching some of these shows, but if he's going to be on there, do you think he'll do, well, will he do a weekly thing with Feinbaum? Uh, Is that going to be in the contract? Maybe. I don't know about all that. I, I'm really, I think the thing I'm more interested to hear him on is going to be the NFL draft coverage. I think that's going to be fascinating, watching him break down film of players. That's going to be really Like, as I don't think he's just going to come out and give you the breakdown of the Alabama players. Yeah. Like, I, I want to hear Nick Saban break down game film. Do like, you feel like that'd be a Saban, great show. Do you feel like he can be a guy who sort of separates... Like his biases, if you will. Yes. And just give you like raw analysis. Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think, think so he too. is someone who's going to... I don't think he is being hired to come in and politic on behalf of Alabama. Or the SEC. Correct. Now, will he probably show some favoritism in that league? Well, yeah, look who he's now working for. That's who they are 
That's who owns the SEC. So, of course, there's going to be some of that that will be perceived as his bias, but... I just feel like in the future, I don't know how, I don't know when, but I, I thought there's going to be a fine bomb saving show. 30 minutes once a week. Them two yucking it up. And it's just going to be nauseating to watch. Probably, yeah. That would be nauseating. Actually, I, I won't know because I won't watch it. As much as I respect Saban, I have other thoughts on the other individual. So, <laughs> I, and, I, and I do, I have an enormous amount of respect for Nick Saban. I don't. I think I, I think he's he and Belichick both have sort of gotten this this bad rap to a certain degree of the, their their personalities. They're just focused on football a lot of times when the camera's on them, you know. So they just kind of get this. They have no real personality, and they're just just because they don't like doing the forty five minute media press conference doesn't mean that they're jerks. It, it really doesn't. I trust John as someone who's interviewed people in this business for many years. I can't tell me time I've come across a guy and I'm like, God, he is awful in this press conference. And then I get him one-on-one or I get him off to the side in a gaggle and it's like he opens up completely. You know, just because a different person. And I'm like, why do you not act like this in the pressers? Well, I don't like doing those. <laughs> I don't yeah. mind just talking to you about ball one-on-one. You know? You're much more guarded when there's 30, 50 people in the room well, all staring at you. I mean, Brad, I can even go to just the differences – Go back to last July when we were on Clemson's campus and interviewing the coaching staff versus when we had the one-on-ones with them versus when they were at the table being interviewed by everybody in the media. It was just a different conversation that was being had. That's true. Does it also help that Saban has, he's, you know, he'd be put on some of the shows when they didn't make the playoff. He'd be in the, you know, be on stage with some of the guys. He already has a little bit of maybe chemistry or camaraderie with some of those talking heads that he'll be able to sort of kind of fit right in oh yeah well and especially too the talking heads that he's going to be working with are ones that he has worked alongside in their coverage of Alabama for the last 15 years would you watch a Nick Saban Pat McAfee show 30 minutes once a week I mean he did it all this past season yeah I know but like if if those two are on like a yeah, I, I don't have time show I, yeah I would watch that I don't, I don't know. I'm not anti McAfee, so I'm. No, that's true. Uh, did you? I, I mean, I'm. I'm just. I have no real feel on the guy. I just don't. Just doesn't do anything for me either way. Uh, did you see? I saw a report. I think it was the Draft Network that uh, Art Art Rooney the second has said that the Steelers are looking for a backup quarterback. A veteran option to uh, compete with Kenny Pickett. Yes, he has said that numerous times already this offseason. Have you seen who people have already put on a list? Yes, I have. Who, and who would that Chicago be? Chicago Bear quarterback Justin Fields. That's not the one I was going to put Oh, out. really? Yeah. Oh, I've seen a lot of it with Justin Fields. There's another one. Who's that? Samuel Howell. No. <laughs> because if Washington takes a quarterback number two, they're going to be looking to dump Howell. But you know what? The asking price will be so much less that I'd rather get burned by a former uh, North Carolina quarterback than a former Bears quarterback. The asking price Man. for Sam Howell will be much less than the asking price for Justin Fields. So you Because Justin Fields was a first-round pick and Sam Howell was a fourth. Who would you rather have, though, to help your team? Picks- uh, Fields is a better player. Okay. Are you sure about that? No. We, I, I don't know how great either. I don't think all of them, either of them, have been great at the National Football League. Okay, but you do. You would. You would partake in Sam Howe before you would take. Just, just because of the asking price of what it would be. Washington's going to be 
begging somebody to take Sam Howell, to be honest with you. They may end up having to just cut him or keep him on the bench, make him their bench quarterback. I don't. They don't want to do that, but I'm just saying they. I don't know. If there's, there's also worse options out there to keep him on as a backup. Yeah, I just don't know if there's much of a market for him. I want to thank everybody for getting in today. Thanks to Daniel Shirley as well. Appreciate his contributions. Coming up next, it's Out of Bounds. Have a great day. Take care. Talk to you again on Friday. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT AM 1560.